We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. It's Wednesday. DFS OG's back in the house, presented by our friends over at FanDuel. Make sure you guys get over there and check out all the offerings in the FanDuel lobby, including the single entry series still going on for MLB. $50 buy-in and a $1 buy-in. So something for everybody. Uh, great contest. Your cumulative scores all add up. Uh, so go and check that out, along with the FanDuel Sportsbook, which we're going to highlight some things from, uh, and of course, the casino as well. So... Well, we welcome in my boys here. I'm your host, as always, Beer, joined by Chop, Notorious. Chop, let's go over to you, buddy. How's things? I know you're on the countdown here. Not the countdown most people w- would think of. You know, we're, we're talking sports here. We're all counting down the NFL season. What's what's your countdown here, Chop? My countdown is 12 days. 12 days until school starts for the kiddos. They've been home for 18 months now. Uh I'm happy to get them out of the house, get them back in there with their friends, deal with all that stuff. And so uh, I, I'm just ready. I got 12 days left to the, to the hit the school. And then, and then, um, then, you know, a little bit more relaxed around here. There you go. Let's get over to Derek. Any, any other countdowns besides NFL for you? I know you still got golf going on. Uh, what, what's, what's counting down in your world? Uh, no more countdowns. Just got back from Disneyland. Um, that was a blast. Very tiring. Uh, a lot of people, but uh, a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, doing good. I was able to finally sell uh, some of my top shots that I've been holding on for for months. Uh, so it feels pretty good to get out of those. Um, and yeah, uh, just excited for NFL. And my little one's starting kindergarten. So um, that's a, it's a strange process for me. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little weird when they when they first go off, but but then you become like me and Chop, where you know you start counting the days till these kids are not around, twenty four seven. Everywhere you look, there's kids and their friends are over and they're multiplying. It's like, all right, I need a little bit of breathing room here once in a while. So uh, I'm with you, Chop. We 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 talk pre-show. What's more exciting, the countdown, the school starting, or the countdown to NFL? Chop, you were torn on these two. It's a toss up, man. I love me some NFL, but I tell you. These guys, they need to get back in school. It's just, uh, it helps everybody's sanity. So uh, I don't know, man. It'd be a tough, that'd be a tough one if you ask me. I, I can only pick one. I'm torn as well, but uh, we are here to talk NFL. So I'm going to go with that countdown. We will spend the majority of the show here 
talking NFL running backs uh, from a fantasy lens, obviously, whether it's best ball season long dynasty, uh, we'll try to evaluate it from all different angles. We'll get through as many as we can here. Uh, we'll also take your questions. We want to hear from you guys. We do this live. Uh, you guys got questions, throw them in the comment section uh, and we'll try to get to them, whether it's running backs, if you want to go back and talk quarterbacks, which we talked last week, or even better, we'll talk life, you know, food, alcohol, kids, whatever it may be. We're here to answer any and all questions you have. So uh, let's dive into it, guys. Is, is there anything you guys want to get into in the rest of the sports world? We saw the Olympics kind of wrap up. Summer League basketball is in full swing. Baseball is kind of getting towards a uh, playoff season. Golf is in full swing. So before we get head first into these running backs and get to as many as we can, anything else you want to cover here real quickly before we jump in, Chop? I don't think so. I don't think, I mean, I, I just, uh, people's probably done with baseball right now until the playoffs start. They don't, I don't think they want to hear about that. Olympics gone, NBA Summer League, really, honestly, very few people care about that. There's some DFS out there, I think, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. So I think I think people are really starting to gear up for some football. So let's give them what they want. All right, let's do it. Derek, any other thoughts here? Chops is jumping to football. Anything you want to throw in there before we get into it? I mean, while I feel a little bad for Dennis Schroeder in that situation, I am very much enjoying the memes and gifs uh, getting posted on Twitter. They did one, uh, the deal or no deal, and uh, had the Celtics opening up the box for 5.9. And uh, you just see him, like, crying and LeBron laughing. So if you haven't seen yeah. that, it's a pretty good one. Yep, pretty good, pretty good, no doubt. So uh, interesting situation there. But, uh, yeah, that's Twitter. There's a creative universe out there for sure, uh, no doubt. All right, let's get into running backs again. We're going to use uh, FanDuel's best ball rankings here. So just going to go down. Uh, their page, you can find that in the NFL tab, and then you just swap over to best ball, a bunch of different contests there uh, in the FanDuel lobby, so make sure you guys go and check that out. Uh, number one running back, obviously no surprise, pretty much number one uh, on any list you're going to look at. Christian McCaffrey, Derek, back, healthy, the weapons are there, Sam Darnold now, uh, the quarterback here, another year under the rule, and Brady, offensive system here. Not much to say about Christian McCaffrey. I think he's a slam dunk number one pick. The question is, can he stay healthy throughout the season? Is there anyone else that could even stay claim to this number one spot? Uh, anything to add here? I don't think we need to spend a ton of time here. Nick McCaffrey, clearly the cream of the crop. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, clearly uh, number one. I mean, in this offense, I think he could catch 100 balls this season. Uh, we know what he can do when he's healthy. He's such a good uh, part of the running game and the passing game. I'm uh, not worried about the quarterback switch whatsoever. I mean, we saw when Mike Davis put up some monster numbers in this offense. So, yeah, I think he's number one. I don't really think there's anybody that close to being number two, but that next tier is pretty solid. Yeah, for sure. So, Chop, same question. Pretty pretty self-explanatory here uh, with Christian McCaffrey in this offense. Uh, any other thoughts to add to him? Anything we should be weary of uh, with McCaffrey besides you know, another injury, I think, is really the only thing that kind of knock him out. No, I can't. I can't find a way. I can't find any except for the injury argument. I can't find anything to, uh, you know, rank him any lower than number one. Like he's just he's the cream of the crop, man. When he's healthy, so yeah, he's the number one clear cut. All right, number two. I think kind of the same thing. Most people are going to have the same number two, and that's Dalvin Cook of the Vikings. Another guy that's just so involved in the passing game, uh, the running attack there. 
great receivers, Kirk Cousins, kind of an underrated quarterback. So, Chop, we'll stay with you. This is kind of another no-brainer here. Is Cook your number two? Is there anyone else that could kind of jump in here and steal this spot from him? Uh, I tell you what, McCaffrey's number one by a wide margin. And then for me, oh man, I think these next four guys, you I could all I could make a case for any of them being number two. Uh, especially the next three guys. Elliot's kind of fringe. We'll talk about him, but uh, Cook is good. But, you know, the, the the two guys following him, I think, are just as good. The, the, you know, Dalvin Cook, eh, I don't know, man. I think he is number two, but just slightly over the other guys. But I think they're all kind of like in the same mix. I worry about a couple things. I worry about maybe the volume being too much on him. And we don't know for sure if he can handle it multiple years in a row uh, of staying healthy. And so there's a few things there that uh, I worry about Dalvin Cook, which the, the couple guys following him, I think you don't have to worry about some of those things. So he's number two, but it's very, 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 very small margin there. All right, Derek, your thoughts here. Dalvin Cook uh, looks locked and loaded here in this number two uh, slot. Obviously injuries. Another question here, Alexander Madison, a guy that, things go wrong could fill in but is cook your number two anyone else that could kind of go up here into this number two range some people may throw Kamara up there i know there's some derrick henry supporters we're going to get to those guys but uh is it all dalvin cook here too for you as well yeah i think so i mean everyone's talking about his health but he has played 14 games each of the last two years uh you know you mentioned his offensive weapons around him uh, you know, with Cousins and Jefferson and Thielen, I think they're going to put up a ton of points. And he's one of those guys that just has a knack for finding the end zone. So uh, no issues for me with him uh, at number two. All right, number three on the list, cruising right along, the aforementioned Derrick Henry, who we know put up an historic season last year. Uh, the focal point of this offense over the last few years, but all some changes. You know, Arthur Smith is gone. Julio Jones is in. Do they throw more? The defense is pretty bad. I know that he's a guy that no matter what the game script looks like, is still going to be involved very heavily. But uh, Derrick Henry, can you make the case at number three here, Derek? Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's one of those guys you know you can count on in the second half of the season. Uh, each of the last two years, he's had the most rush attempts, the most rush yards, and the most rushing touchdowns. So uh, the workload is going to be there. Teams aren't going to be able to stack the box uh, as long as Brown and Julio stay healthy. Uh, the only question is always his involvement in the passing game, but he hasn't needed it the last two years. So I'm not worried about the new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think he's going to have another big year. All right, Chop, same questions for you. Derrick Henry, is he your number three? Uh, thoughts? Uh, obviously, the game plan may change a little bit with Julio Jones in town and a bad defense. Does that worry you any here with Derrick Henry? No, not at all. In the uh, half a point leagues, you know, I could I could almost make a case for Derrick Henry as number two. Uh, the the passing game works. He's not going to get there, but man, I, I've just I've played long enough to know that a, a fantasy seasonal at least that uh, you, you know you want those guys late in the year. That's what wins it is those uh, December guys, and this is what this guy's made his mark on is December. It's not a fluke. It's the last three years in a row in in December. Once, once that calendar turns to December, he averages roughly 130 yards a game, a touchdown and a half, 1.5 touchdowns per game on average in December the last three years. Like, And that's not a fluke. He just He's so big and so strong. He gets stronger as the year goes on. Defenses start to wear down a little bit. Good offensive line. I already think he's going to have 
a monster year because of the wide receiving core being able to keep guys out of the box on him. Just no way you can mess around with eight guys in the box when you have those wide receivers. So I think he's in for a monster year. I could make a case for him at number two in some leagues. If you're doing PPR, then obviously not. But uh, anything else, Derrick Henry, man, might be the second best guy off the board. Yeah, I, I agree. And the half point or even the, the standard, people still call it, which I think PPR is, is now the new standard. But obviously gains a lot more value in those formats. You know, not going to catch a ton of passes here, but still going to be very involved in this offense, which I think is going to be very good, very high scoring. You can't focus on him with those wide receivers you got uh, out wide. So I think he's set up for another very good season. Uh, not quite my number three, but he is right up there uh, for me in the top five. So let's go to the guy that is my number three chop. That's Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Obviously very involved in the passing game. The focal point of this offense now uh, with Michael Thomas on the shelf. Uh, thoughts here on Kamara, another guy. Obviously more valuable in PPR formats uh, than he is in even a half point or a, or a no PPR league. Uh, thoughts here on Alvin Kamara. Do, are you higher on him now? I know we've talked about this before. Uh, do you worry about him now with no Michael Thomas, what this offense is going to look like? Quick thoughts on Alvin Kamara. Yeah, just uh, now that uh, we know Michael Thomas isn't going to be there for the uh, first part of the year, uh, it really solidifies him to me. He's only had he's only had the one poor year, and then that was poor by his standards. And that was the injury that he suffered like and in one of those games early in the year, and he just couldn't get healthy. Uh, but when he's healthy, he's been in the league – He's been unstoppable. They design everything around him. Uh, and when Michael Thomas isn't playing, this guy gets so many receptions that, uh, yeah, he's uh, in the – if you're doing a PPR, there's a case for him as no, as the number two guy because he's going to get such volume those first, like, five or six weeks. But even without that, even in a non-PPR, he's going to be awesome. And then we see he's another one of those guys that later in the year it gets – he gets better, man. He maintains his body and maintains his speed and everything. And so uh, uh, he's good later in the year. So, I mean, he just – he's a game changer. So I really like Alvin Kamara. Now, let me ask you, Taysom Hill versus Jameis Winston. Uh, and I know this is a question mark for a lot of people here. And I think, you know, you can make a case either way. Taysom Hill, they're going to go more run heavy. That can help Kamara. But Taysom didn't really throw a lot to the running backs. Jameis, maybe he throws a little bit more to Kamara. So – do you have a preference there, Chop, on which quarterback wins the job, and does it affect your ranking of Kamara if it's one or the other? Oh, you know who I want to win this job. Oh, we know, we know. <laughs> I, I think it helps. I think it helps everybody in this offense if Winston wins this job long long term. So uh, I want Winston to win. I think he'll be able to spread it out a little bit more, keep the defenders a little bit more honest, and uh, I just don't trust Taysom Hill. So I want Winston to win this thing. All right, Derek, Alvin Kamara, thoughts? Does he bump up? Does he take a hit here with this Michael Thomas news? Uh, injury going to be out for a while, possibly being traded even. Well, there, there's more drama there with this Michael Thomas story. But also, any worry about the quarterback situation? Do you want Taysom? Do you want Jameis? Does it matter uh, as far as Kamara goes? Who's the starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little lower on him than you guys, it sounds like, but uh, certainly deserves to be in the top five. I think he's going to be a beast as long as uh, Thomas is out, and especially if he gets traded. Not too worried about the quarterback situation, to be honest. Uh, both the quarterbacks, Winston and Taysom, they don't really throw to running backs. So um, if you're hoping for one or the other, I don't think it matters all that much. I think I do think Taysom's going to get the starting uh, gig, and perhaps that does lead to a more 
you know, run heavy approach. And uh, I think that's good for Kamara. So I like him, um, but probably not as high as you guys. And uh, shout out to Killer B in the chat. Um, good luck in that fantasy golf championship. Wish I was in that. Absolutely. Just about to shout him out. Our boy in the chat also had a question from Keyboy DFS talking quarterbacks that he's in a standard league, has the 11 pick. It is quarterback driven. What quarterback should I pick? So depends on if it's super, super flex, then okay, you're going quarterback early. If not, I think we're all big proponents of waiting at the position, getting guys late, uh, really warming up the idea of grabbing a Trey Lance. And if you're not comfortable with him, grab somebody that you think will start, give you some solid weeks, Kirk Cousins, something along those lines until Lance takes over. If it's super flex, I think any of those top five, Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Dak, and Lamar Jackson, all guys that you can target uh, at that 11 spot. So let's move on here with the running back conversation. Next up, Ezekiel Elliott, a guy that I'm very high on. This is Chop's team, so we'll go to him last here on this one. Uh, Derek, I think I think Zeke's in for a big bounce back season. Now we saw Dak go down. You know, things kind of went south for Dallas uh, as an offense overall. But with everybody back, C.D. Lamb in his second year, you got the three wideouts there. Dak looking better by the day. I know there's some concerns with his shoulder. Zeke comes in all trimmed up, ready to roll. I think he's in for a monster season. So this is one of my favorite picks uh, in any draft right now. If I can get Zeke as, as my anchor RB, my RB1, I'm pretty stoked about it. Where do you come out on Zeke? Yeah, we're all drinking the Cowboys Kool-Aid, which can only end one way. Um, uh, that usually isn't going to bode well for, for us because we want uh, Dak MVP. We're looking at the Cowboys' uh, Super Bowl futures. But, yeah, um, Zeke in a really good spot. Um, I love this offense. And generally, it's much better for a running back to come in, you know, uh, losing weight rather than putting on weight in the offseason. We've seen that time and time again. Guys that try to bulk up just uh, lose some of that explosiveness. So love Zeke. Um, I actually prefer him. Definitely in the top five. Um, I might actually take him over Kamara. Yeah, I, I think that's a reasonable debate. He's still going to be involved in the passing game. I know that Tony Pollard is looming shop. Is that a concern here uh, with Ezekiel Elliott? So this is your team. Give us a lowdown. How are we feeling about Zeke this year? No, Pollard doesn't worry me. Uh, this is this is the team I follow the most. So I, I think I have a pretty good idea about him. And uh, I would say that barring an injury, people who are – stretching for Pollard, they're just not going to get rewarded it, barring the Elliott injury. So, uh, and he, you know, and Derek nailed it. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a running back gain weight and do better, but when they lose weight, you know, that's when they really, that's when they can get good. So him losing weight shows me uh, mentally that, all right, so he's over that whole, okay, I signed a big contract. I can, I can chill now, man. I'm set for life. I think that was kind of a little bit of mindset last year. Came in, he was a little chubby, and to be honest with you, you know, by NFL running back standards, not by the OG standards, he was still looked pretty good. But <laughs> came in a little chubby. But now, you know, if you put that kind of work in in the off season to lose weight, that's not a, that's not an easy thing to do. I think it shows his, he's got the right mindset. He wants to get in there and win and, and do well. He's he knows he underperformed last year, so he's going to get back on track. As long as the offensive line can stay healthy for him. That's the key. They could even lose Dak Prescott as long as that offensive line was healthy. He's going to get his. He's going to get his work. I think Pollard is just kind of an afterthought. He'll get. He'll spell him a little bit during during the game and and things like that. But uh, Elliott's the workhorse here, and you got to spread them out because the receivers are so good. He's got a lot of things working in his favor right here. The the top five man. 
are almost interchangeable for me. McCaffrey, you know, gets the edge up top. But like I said, those next four guys, I could make a case for Elliott being number two, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this is, you know, I think McCaffrey, like you said, kind of separates himself. Uh, and I do my own rankings and kind of tear things up. Uh, this is a group uh, that's kind of the tier together is this next group of four, uh, Kamara, Elliott, Henry, and Cook. You can make an argument. Cook could be in tier one, could even be a tier by himself. But I think the top five, whatever order that you have it in, I think makes a lot of sense here. So kind of following along uh, the ADP here uh, on FanDuel. So let's get into let's get into the weeds now. Now it gets a, a little interesting, and you know everyone can make an argument on who is their number six running back. I think there's a multitude of guys that that could fill this role here. FanDuel has Aaron Jones in the spot, so this is my team. I'll, I'll go last on this one, Chop. I'm gonna send it over to you, but uh, Aaron Jones, we've seen put up some massive games in this offense. Aaron Rodgers back, Devontae Adams back, uh, obviously going to be the featured running back, no Jamal Williams, but you do have A.J. Dillon looming, who looked good towards the end of last season, a bigger body guy that, that could steal some goal line looks. Jones been very good against around the goal line when he does get that opportunity. So where do you come out here in Aaron Jones, a guy we know is going to catch a lot of passes and offense that's going to score points? Is he worthy of this number six spot? Not for me. Uh, once we got past that pass, uh, the top five, so then I think you got like eight to 10 guys who are in the same tier here uh, and Aaron Jones being uh, near the top of that list. And about half of those guys in this, in this tier that's coming up, I kind of don't want any part of. So that's why I make an effort to grab a running back early. If I can get in that, like, I'm not, I'm not doing Travis Kelsey, man, early, you know, I'm taking a good running back because once we get to this point, I kind of don't want one until maybe my next pick. So I'm not big on Aaron Jones. I think that there's a there's a lot of red flags, man. Like even when even without AJ Dillon, he just they they very rarely just get just turn him loose. And you just want to you just want your guy to get turned loose. He'll have the big games, but even in best ball, I want a little bit more consistency. I don't just want two big spike weeks throughout the year. I need I need a little bit of consistency. And now he's a little bit banged up. Now it's AJ Dillon's getting a few more reps. What if we get into week one and we realize the first time they get first and goal at the five, he come he goes out and AJ Dillon comes in as the goal linebacker. Man, then we're all, you know, if you if you took Aaron Jones in the top seven or eight, you're gonna be like, oh man, this is what we're gonna deal with this year. So I'm hesitant on Aaron Jones. I'm not a, I'm not a, a big and he lost some offensive line too. You never know how that's gonna work. And they love to throw around the goal line. I mean, they get great, very creative with Devontae Adams. You know, Rodgers can still run it in. So, yeah. Uh, no, no, any more optimism here on Aaron Jones? Chop, not too happy about him here at number six. And it's not that you don't like the player. It's just a matter of where do you have to draft them is a lot of the debate here. So I think we all can agree that he's a hell of a player. But you know, I kind of agree with some of the concerns Chop has. Uh, where do you come out here in Aaron Jones? Yeah, I think six is a little too high. I think I have three guys in this tier above him. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, no Jamal Williams. That's going to be big for his pass game involvement uh, this year. I do worry about A.J. Dillon, you know, still in some run work, but he doesn't really catch a lot of passes. And Jones is electric uh, both on the ground and through the air. So maybe a little higher on him than Chop and a little lower on him than number six. I think I'm higher than, than both you guys, and I don't know if it's my my Packer homerism. I do have some concerns, but again, this is going to be a very high-scoring offense. He's going to be very involved in the passing game outside of Devontae Adams. Not a ton of targets to go around. We saw Tunyon score a ton of touchdowns, but not really a big reception guy. How good is Randall Cobb going to be? So 
he could be the number two pass catcher uh, in a Green Bay Aaron Rodgers-led offense. I think there's big time upside in that. So uh, they've always used multiple backs. I do get concerned with some of the spike weeks like Chop talked about, but uh, I do think overall that he's going to in for a very massive season. We've seen him have uh, a huge touchdown season before. So yes, concerns, but I, I think there's more on the optimism side for me. So I'm actually okay with him here uh, as the next guy behind that top five. Uh, if you don't like it, there's other guys you can draft. And let's go to our next guy uh, on the list here. And that's Nick Chubb, Derek of Cleveland. I, I think there's no doubt this guy's one of the best pure runners uh, in the game, but you have a few concerns here. You have not much of a passing game uh, chops here for Nick Chubb. You also have Kareem Hunt, who, who's going to eat into some of his workload. So a very run-heavy team, obviously more valuable in, in no PPR, half PPR. But where, where do you come out here on Nick Chubb at number seven? I expect him to be maybe the most efficient running back in the NFL, and I'm going to have zero shares. Uh, like you mentioned, very little involvement in the passing game. Probably has the best backup running back uh, in the NFL in Kareem Hunt. So, uh, yeah, for me, I don't like him, especially this high. Um, I think he's going to you know, have a lot of 100-yard games, but uh, I just need a little bit more versatility from running back this high. I agree. This is one I don't agree with at all. Uh, I like him as a player, like I said. I think as a pure running back, a ton of talent. Love love Nick Chubb in that sense. Uh, a guy that can break off big runs, but no passing game usage. Too much Kareem Hunt here. Uh, I just have a lot of concerns. Similar to you guys with Aaron Jones, I have similar concerns uh, with Nick Chubb being able to pay this price off. He's got to be very, very much involved in the touchdowns. It almost has to be a 15-touchdown a kind of guy to compete with some of these pass catchers here. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of out on this uh, Nick Chubb at number seven chop. Where do you come out here? Is it, was he worthy of this too high, too low? What do you think? Well, this is going to be a little bit too high for me, but with that being said, I love, I love Nick Chubb when he's healthy. I think he's a, just a dynamic runner. Uh, he's probably got maybe the best offensive line, but at worst a top three offensive line in front of him. And uh, I think they're going to be a very run-heavy offense for the most part. And he's going to have plenty of weeks where he goes out there and grabs you 100 yards and scores you at least one touchdown. I'm high on Nick Chubb in general. Putting him this high in, in a draft for fantasy seasonal, ah, man, that's a little rough. But, boy, he's a, he's a phenomenal football player just as a running back. The speed, the ability to break tackles, the offensive line, man, I like it a lot. All right, let's move on to number eight here in the FanDuel uh, best ball streets. We have Austin Eckler of the Chargers. Uh, obviously another guy that, that's in line for a ton of work in the passing game, Chop. The worry is how much work is he going to get around the goal line here? You know, the Chargers love to use another back. We'll see. There's about three guys that, that could take that spot, Justin Jackson, uh, Larry Roundtree. Uh, and Joshua Kelly. So uh, thoughts on Eckler, again, more valuable in a PPR format. Is he worthy here at, at number eight on FanDuel? Man, this is, this is a tough one right here. I think he's I think he's worthy. This is one of the guys in this, in this tier that I like the most for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've already heard rumblings of when they get around the goal line, one of these other guys is going to vulture him. That's not good. Uh, we've had uh, some issues the last couple of years with injuries. That's not good. So I love him. I love the offense. I think uh, he's a spectacular player. But, man, there's a few things here I don't like. But 
man, if this guy were to stay healthy here this year and he gets a, a couple of looks around the goal line, I think he could be he could be the next guy after that top five that is worthy of a pick, in, in my opinion. I, I just like the offense a lot, man. I think there's going to be a lot of room to run for this guy. I'm with you here. I like him. I obviously like him more in a, in a full-point PPR setting. It's half-point PPR here on FanDuel, so he kind of loses some value. I think some of the other guys coming up behind him probably have more value where they're going to still be involved in the passing game. Not as much as Eckler, but you know, guys are going to be much more involved in the ground game and, again, around the goal line. So, Derek, that's my concern with, with Eckler, and he may very well may be the, the 75-25 of committee and get some goal line usage, but uh, it seems like the passing game is mainly where he's going to make his money. Is that enough to spend a pick this high in a half-point PPR setting? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have a lot of Eckler this season. Um, I like that they have a new coaching staff. They brought in Joe Lombardi uh, as their offensive coordinator from the Saints. Uh, he was their quarterback's coach. We saw you know, what Alvin Kamara was able to do in a system like that. So I think they're going to utilize him like that. It sounds like um, you know he's going to be in for a really big year. So there are some goal line concerns for sure, but I uh, like the offense and uh, really like it, especially full PPR, but even half PPR. All right. If you're out there listening, you want to chime in on, on some of your favorite running backs, agree, disagree with what we're saying, please use that comment section and we'll try to get you involved here in the show. Moving on to number nine here on the list, Saquon Barkley, Derek, a, a lot of talk, a lot of concern uh, with Saquon Barkley. And in fact, is he going to be ready for week one? Uh, he's kind of shunned off that question. Some say he may not play to week three, even if he is playing. Uh, maybe he's not playing a full complement of snaps. So that's a concern. Obviously, the offense led by Daniel Jones, Jason Garrett as a coordinator, uh, that's a concern. So where do you come out on Saquon? Because I think we could all agree this guy's a the old generational talent, the, the term people love to throw around. And again, love the player. But do the concerns outweigh the potential upside here with Saquon Barkley? Uh, I think the upside is worth it at this price point. Um, yeah, there are concerns for sure with the injury and with them limited in, but who knows? Could be all coach speak at this point. Um, you know, still got a lot of time to get ready for the start of the season. The talent's there. Um, the offense can't be worse than it was last year. And uh, I'm just willing to bet on talent. Um, he's still only 24 years old. Uh, yeah, give me some Saquon at number nine. Chop, same questions. Uh, concerns about his availability, the offense, Jason Garrett, uh, or is the upside uh, worth it here and rolling the dice at number nine on Saquon Barkley? Whew. He's one of the guys up to this point that I, I don't like drafting in the top 10. Uh, I just, the knee injury, coming off the knee injury and everything, it does, uh, it scares me. And we don't know about the offensive line, if it's going to be any better than it was in the past couple of years. So I am I am leery, but then you look back to him as a rookie where he went for like 2,000 yards altogether and 15 touchdowns, and you know the upside is there. And maybe they limit him early, and that would be great because then, then maybe he's fresher later. And like I said, I want guys who, who are going to get it done in December when the playoffs roll around in fantasy. So I'm not so worried about the limiting him early, um, but I am worried about just the, the injury in general affecting him and a bad offensive line. So who knows, man? I, I'm not I'm not a big buyer on Saquon in the top 10 so far this year. I'm leaning more your direction here in this chat. I guess my head's got to go that way, leaning your way. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just too many, too many concerns. I mean, when he falls far enough, sure. Because Derek, I agree with you. There is upside here. 
You know, he can be very involved in the passing game, but how good is this offense going to be? I worry about Garrett uh, being aggressive with him. Are they going to ease him in? Uh, so it's it's been an easy pass for me in the top 10 as well, Chop. Now, if he's falling to the turn, to the early second round, which I haven't seen a lot of, but I have seen recently, I think there you can take a swing uh, and go for that upside. So it just kind of depends on, on where he falls in drafts. Easier to pick him here at nine than, than early on when he was you know, very much in that top five. So uh, kind of falling. If he falls far enough, I'm fine with it. Uh, but in that top 10, I agree. I think it's a little bit too risky uh, here with your first round pick. So number 11, another guy I kind of have some concerns with here, Chop, Jonathan Taylor. You know, it's, a, it's a Wisconsin boy. Loved what I saw at the end of last season. But uh, again, you have Carson Wentz dealing with an injury. You have some of the linemen already hurt. Uh, a guy that can be game scripted out. And you see Naheem Hines come in as a pass catcher. So where do we land on Jonathan Taylor? He's kind of in the same camp with Saquon. The value is falling. So has it fallen far enough? Is it still risky? What are you seeing here with Jonathan Taylor? Man, what a bizarre rookie year for Taylor. Like when he started out and uh, through like eight or nine weeks, he had very, very little, very few uh, times where he looked and said, man, this, this guy could be pretty good. He just, He wasn't. He just didn't look good at all. Then something happened. He got it together and Man, he, he was like a GPP winner a couple of those weeks down the stretch. Uh, so I kind of like – I didn't know – I don't know where I fall on Taylor as far as long-term prognosis, but I did read something the other day. I forget who who put it out there on Twitter, but said something about the Colts and when they get behind in games, his usage compared to when they're ahead, and it really made you think how game script dependent he is. That scares me a lot especially if we don't know what Carson Wentz is going to do early in the year. They, now they're saying maybe he's back by week one. We also heard maybe he's not back to like week nine. Who knows, man? So I'm a little leery on Jonathan Taylor. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm with you. He's in the same boat as Saquon for me. If they fall far enough, I'm okay with it. But uh, a lot of concerns here with Jonathan Taylor. Again, love the talent. You guys a hell of a running back, but uh, too many things that can go against him where you're, you're putting your first round pick you need to hit on that pick. You miss this pick. It doesn't, it's not necessarily a death sentence, but I think there's safer options that provide as much upside as he does. So Dodo, before we go to you again, some love in the chat here. Beat Boss says, how many cool hats do you own? So Dodo's hat game on point. Guesstimate, how many hats are owned by Notorious Chop? We're going to play a little over under here, Chop. How many hats does Noto own? Just not cool, just total hats. Uh, gotta go 23. I'm gonna go higher because I know Noto's you know dealing with a little bit of hair loss there, so you know he's he wants to cover he wants to cover the dome, so I'm sure he's got a wide variety of hats here. So I'm gonna say 50 50 50 is a good round number. Oh, 50 is high. Uh, shout out to B Boss, he always uh complimenting me on my hat game. Um, but yeah, I probably have about 20. I think I buy a lot of hats, right. but I, I go through them. Uh, once I'm done with them, I just kind of recycle them. So, uh, so yeah, I think Chop's gonna win that one. Keep keeping them fresh, get them out of the rotation, get them fresh hats in there. I like it. So, uh, Derek, thoughts on Jonathan Taylor here? Uh, too high, too low, worried about him. What do you think? Worried about him, but uh, I like Frank Reich. I like this offensive line. I think uh, this offense could be good if Wentz looks all right. And look, he caught 38 of 41 passes thrown his way last year. So um, we're getting reports that he's more involved in the in the passing game so far in camp. So uh, I do think there's some upside there, but probably a little, 
little too uh, high for me. All right, let's move on to the top 10. RB11, a rookie, Najee Harris uh, of the Steelers. Uh, obviously, was a stud at Alabama. Uh, that draft pick was probably the easiest one to predict in the history of draft picks. Uh, we knew Pittsburgh was taking a running back here. The weaponry is there as far as wide receivers go. We'll see if Big Ben can get through another year here. Obviously, offensive line concerns, but Najee Harris, Derek, too high, too low here at number 11. Offensive line is terrible, but uh, I don't care. Sign me up. This is uh, the running back for the Steelers. That's the spot I've been targeting for, you know, 15 years, however long it's been. Um, it's, you know he's going to get the workload. They don't really have anyone else. They used all the draft capital on him. Uh, we know Big Ben loves to check down to his running backs. So, yeah, uh, give me all the Najee right here. Yeah, I'm a big fan as well. 11 may be a little bit too high. There's a couple guys coming up that I like more, but I think we can count on the volume chop. I, I think we can count on a you know a guy that they're not going to be able to stack the box on. Uh, you're our college football resident expert here, so uh, give us the lowdown here. Najee Harris, does he transition well to the NFL? You like the fit here with Pittsburgh, and are you drafting him here at, at number 11 on FanDuel? Najee Harris is going to be a really good running back. He's physically talented as heck, man. So he's got that going for him. Uh, in all the drafts I've done so far, I don't have a Najee Harris team. I hate him at this spot. I hate him this high. And for what Derek said, uh, the offensive line, I think, is terrible. So uh, I just haven't seen anybody really been, be able to thrive behind this offensive line. So, uh, like, I'm not going to. I'm not pushing for him here. I know he could catch a few passes, but then they got this guy, Deontay Johnson. All he does is run little five-yard routes. So how much is that going to eat into his pass catching? I don't know. So I think the I think the talent's there, but man, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of running backs you could put who are super talented. You put them in a bad spot and they were bad, and then all of a sudden they get in a, a better spot behind a good offensive line or a, or a good offensive coordinator and you realize oh that guy was actually pretty good well Najee may be one of those guys down the road who looks really good but behind this offensive line with a quarterback who looks like he's gonna have trouble getting the ball downfield yeah I don't know man I hate I hate this uh spot for him right here I, I haven't drafted one Najee Harris team yet yeah I'm kind of with you I like the talent the situation could be better obviously but again there's guys coming up that I like more I think provide more upside and and have some similar concerns but I think guys that will be more involved in the passing game but again you, you can always bet on on volume I think you're going to get that here with Najee Harris you mentioned Deontay Johnson you still have a guy like Chase Claypool who can open things up uh, down the field so just a little bit too high I, I like the player if I can get him a few steps, spots later if, you know you can buy low on him okay uh, at this number 11, uh, I think he's a little bit uh, overvalued. So, Chop, let's go to number 12, a guy that I'm very high on, Antonio Gibson, uh, who we saw come in. A little bit of a slow start, but once he got things rolling, we really saw him fulfill that that pedigree that we saw at Memphis where the guy was just an athlete, put the ball in his hands, let, let things happen. Now they're talking about using him more as a receiver. We saw J.D. McKissick uh, kind of dominate the receiving work there for Washington. So, if he's going to get the, the usage he got in the ground, we saw him score a ton of touchdowns, give him more usage in the passing game, and now you have a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick there uh, under center, I think that enhances this offense as well. I really like Antonio Gibson here. I would take him uh, easily over Najee Harris here. What about you? T top 12 here, does he deserve it or not? I am uh, very much 
on the fence about Gibson. I just this is a very aggressive spot for him to be landing, considering there's not a whole lot of track record. Uh, the offense should be better with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that should be mainly the passing game. How much better is the running game going to be? Maybe slightly better. The offensive line, I don't think, upgraded a whole lot. It's just a really high spot for him. I do like him. I do see the potential. And sometimes you got to take sometimes you take a chance on a guy like this in a draft nice and early. And and then by the end of the year, you're looking going, oh man, next year Antonio Gibson is going to be a top five guy because he just shows you that. So I get that aspect of it. It's a little high for me with this track record of uh uh, you know, just like one year and it wasn't great. And uh, I, they may give him a little bit extra run in the passing game, but that J.D. McKissick guy is still there and he's, you know, going to catch a lot of passes. I just, it's an aggressive spot for him. I don't have very many Antonio Gibson teams, definitely more than Najee Harris, but uh, it's, it's, it's aggressive, man. I'm not so sure I love this spot. Chop, I gotta know who's in your your basketball arsenal because you haven't drafted anybody yet. So I, just, I think I, I laid the blueprint out already. <laughs> if I can get a top five guy at running back, that's who I'm going. Once once I get to once those five guys are off the board, then uh, I usually take a really good. That means there's a good wide receiver, a couple good wide receivers still left. So I'm grabbing one of them, and then if I can come back around to this second tier of guys, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, then those are the guys I do like. So. Top five, great. I think there's a big drop off, and then uh, and then it comes back here in just a minute. All right, we'll see if we can dig out some guys. Chops like, and here as we move along, I'm going to speed things up here. Uh, once we get through the top twelve, Derek, your thoughts? Antonio Gibson, I'm pretty high on him. Chops low on him. Uh, break the tie here. Where do you land on Gibson? Yeah, for him to return value right here, um, we're kind of banking on that increased pass game involvement, but I think we get it. I mean, in college, he played more snaps at wide receiver than he did at running back. We were all kind of surprised that he wasn't more involved as a pass catcher last year. Sounds like they want to get him more involved. Sounds like they're uh, practicing with him in the hurry-up. Uh, he didn't play much in the hurry-up last year. So, um, yeah, I like him more than Chop. Um, I think he's uh, certainly fine here. All right, number 13 here in the FanDuel lobby, Joe Mixon, another guy that I, I think this is the guy. If, if you're going to wait, you want to swing for the fences here. It could go terribly wrong like we've seen in the past, but I think there's a ton of upside here, Derek. Uh, the weapons are there. The offensive line is, is the big concern here, but I don't think they can be as bad as they were last season. So they get Jonah Williams back. I think that's going to help. You bring in Jamar Chase, that's going to make things difficult for a defense trying to uh, stack the box on Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard now in Tennessee. So maybe he takes on more of a three-down role. We don't have many of those guys left, and those are the guys that generally land in the top five. So if anything, I think Mixon could be a top five running back. We're getting him here at RB13. So am I too high? Am I crazy? I'm going to fall for it again. But I think Joe Mixon, one of the best values in drafts, period, this season. Agree or disagree? Yeah, we've all talked about how much we like the Bengals' offense this year. It's just going to come down to, uh, you know, Burrow and the offensive line. I think Burrow's going to be fine. The offensive line, I'm not so sure about that. But uh, the work or the, the volume is going to be there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so many weapons in this offense. you got to think they're going to move the ball. And, uh, yeah, I like them. Chop, I know you hate everybody in this range. Where does Joe Mixon fall in that camp for you? Actually, like Joe Mixon, he's uh, he's okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't. I don't definitely don't hate him. I don't like the offensive line situation, and man, for the life of me, I don't understand 
why you sat in there with, with that draft pick and you didn't take the maybe a generational offensive lineman in, from Oregon as opposed to Jamar Chase could be great, but we're already like – Did you see that rowdy ran though? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he got – you got – I mean, I think he's going to be good, but you have T. Higgins, who could also be very good. You have Tyler Boyd, who's this slot machine, and, you know, you have you already have weapons. I don't know. You just needed an offensive lineman, especially with a quarterback coming off of a bum knee, man, and you didn't take it. So I think that hurts Joe Mixon, the offensive line. But looking at Joe Mixon, he was hurt at the end of last year. He was hurt for most of last year. Two years before that, 19 and 18 – he closed out the years very, very strong for Cincinnati. 100, 100 yard games in like multiple weeks in the last five weeks in both of those years. He catches balls. He's a, one of the best uh, all around running backs in the NFL. I think he, if he can stay healthy, he can definitely win you a championship. I do like Joe Mixon. All right, let's move on to number 13, and then we'll kind of group some guys together and try to get through a bunch of guys. But uh, this one is a hot-button topic uh, in a lot of drafts, a lot of conversations I've been involved in. Uh, is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here, Chop? Uh, it seems that people either are, are buying in and basically Kansas City running back holding so much value and you know pointing out that he did have a good start to the season. Uh, he's going to be involved in the passing game. Then there's the other camp that says – they're going to use multiple backs. They're not going to throw to, his, to him as much out of the backfield. And they'll point to the end of the season, even the Super Bowl usage uh, for a guy like Darrell Williams. They bring in Le'Veon Bell midway through the season. So are they really sold uh, on CEH here? So I'm more in the optimistic camp. I, I think they spent a first-round pick on this guy. Again, that role is very valuable to us in fantasy. I think he has a pretty good year here. Where do you come out on Clyde Edwards-Flair? Because it seems like you either love him or you hate him this season. There doesn't seem to be much middle ground. Where are you at here on CEH? I love him, man. I hate him. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to middle ground you here. All right. So there I, you are. I don't think he's a middle ground guy. He's either going to be good or he's going to be bad. So I don't know. It's tough to, it's tough to say because uh, watching him last year, he started out week one, man. He had a really good week, right? 100, 100 plus yards. And he scored a touchdown, but didn't he get stuffed at the goal line a bunch? And then we were like, oh, five man. times. Yeah. But, but but he'll get in though eventually. Well, no, you know what? I don't think he ever got in. Like maybe once the rest of the year, like he just couldn't get in the end zone. He had opportunities, and then after that first and after that first week, outside of that one game against Buffalo where they backed everybody off and let them run, he just every other week he was terrible. So I'm worried about that. But they did upgrade the offensive line quite a bit, and I just know this offense. With Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and all those weapons, he's, there's going to be plenty of room to run. So I got to think that, you know, it's either going to be one or the other. He's really bad or he's really good. I think he's between those two choices. He's going to be really good because there's going to be so many opportunities in this offense. He can't fail any worse than he did last year. Just hopefully he gets the opportunity, but I don't really see anybody behind him that's going to like threaten him for any playing time. So uh, take a look at their depth chart real quick. Yeah, I mean, they didn't Darryl bring Williams, Jared, Jared McKinnon. McKinnon. Jared McKinnon scares me a little bit, but he's yeah. been so injured. I guess you can't depend on him. And uh, I kept always hearing this name, Darwin Thompson. Darwin, he has to just – I think we've, we're, that ship has sailed. So there it is. It's, it's set up for him to have a monster year. So I, I got to be on that train. Yeah, I fell for Darwin Thompson, but more so in Dynasty, and this is the guy, and he's he's the next big thing, and not so much. And McKinnon is a worry. I mean, imagine a healthy McKinnon, which we haven't seen in a while, in a Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes-led offense. 
that's dangerous. So he is a little bit of a concern, even though he's down the depth chart. We've seen uh, Daryl Williams steal a lot of snaps, Derek. But uh, we got two in the optimistic camp here for CEH. Is it is it three for three here, or uh, do you have more concerns than Chop and I have? It's three for three, but more because of his role and not his talent. I mean, he was certainly a disappointment last year. Um, you could plug anyone in that offense and get those type of numbers. Um, just bring somebody off this tree. I think, uh, you know, Chop could get those type of numbers last year. <laughs> Chiefs, uh. let's, not, but, let's not get crazy now. Ch- Chop's well past his prime. I mean, a running back's prime is – not that far past the You'd be like the Frank Gore running around out there to two and a half yards at a clip. Bizarre, man. Bizarre that Noto would throw me under the bus like that. I'm trying to give you credit. I, I hear from I hear from Kirk Deese all day long. All night long, all I hear in the Discord chat is Chop could strike this guy out. Chop could strike this guy out. And now could, Derek could you, throws me under the bus, man. Could you run through the tires better than a friend of ours? <laughs> I think I could do that much. I think I could. I think I could handle the tires better than uh, old Cranky did. Uh, all right, that's uh, still one of my favorite videos of all time. So if you don't know, what we're talking about. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Eric Crane in in the tires. Love you, buddy. Uh, let's group the next few guys together here. Try to speed things up there. Or chop. We'll stay with you. Uh, David Montgomery, who we saw basically a tale of two seasons, really came on uh, at the end of the year, but. You know, do, do we get Tariq Cohen back? I know he's dealing with some injuries. Damian Williams uh, back from his uh, COVID stint. So maybe he steals some work. J.K. Dobbins uh, looked very good, but you have Gus Edwards looming there in that Baltimore backfield. Uh, and Chris Carson, who the, the issue is always, can he stay healthy? If he is, I think he belongs in this group. So quick thoughts on these three, drafting him in these spots. So we're at what, RB 14, 15, uh, and 16. Do you have a favorite? Guys, you're avoiding. Uh, quickly wrap on these three. Yeah, not a huge David Montgomery. I think there's a lot of uh, things that could go wrong for David Montgomery this year, so I'm not a huge on him. But the other guys in this category I really do like, and uh, I think they could prosper. And there's some workhorses uh, between these guys and the next couple guys after this. This is where I would – I'd love to draft another running back right here. Yeah, Carson's probably my favorite out of this group, and it's kind of a boring pick. You know, you draft Chris Carson, you're not doing somersaults. Not as sexy as J.K. Dobbins, but uh, Derek, he's my favorite here. I think that offense is going to be good. If they're going to go more up-tempo, I think that's going to help him out. Uh, Dobbins, I have concerns. Again, you got Lamar Jackson stealing a lot of the work. you got Gus Edwards uh, is going to get his work, and, and I'm with Chop. Montgomery was great at the end of last season, but the majority of his career, he's been an average running back at best, so I think we go back. Uh, to that mold in what could be a pretty bad offense, even if Justin Fields takes the field. So Carson, for me, kind of a pass on the other two. What do you got on these three? Yeah, definitely passing on Montgomery. The reason why it was so good last year is because he was playing every snap. Uh, Tariq Cohen back. You mentioned Damian Williams as well. So, uh, yeah, worries me, especially in his past game involvement. Dobbins, I think he'll be fine. Um, but, you know, Lamar Jackson doesn't throw running backs that often. You mentioned Gus Edwards. They gave him $9 million, so they want him to be uh, pretty involved as well. So I agree. I'm uh, pretty high on Chris Carson. Doesn't really have a lot of, uh, you know, competition in that backfield. So if he can stay healthy, I see a lot of people pointing to him as their fate of the of the draft, and I don't, I don't really see it. Yeah, I don't get it. It's You know, you still got the Rashad Penny truthers out there that he, he's finally back at practice after 10 years, and, and now we're worried about him stealing work. So uh, Carson, to me, it's health. If he stays healthy, he'll be fine. Derek, next three, we got Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. You know, always a, a, a hot-button topic. Kenyon Drake now uh, in that backfield as well. Daryl Henderson, a, a guy whose ADP has skyrocketed 
since the Cam Akers injury? Is he going to be the workhorse with the Rams and DeAndre Swift, who's dealing with a little bit of a groin injury here, uh, but in a bad offense? You know, is he is he going to do enough in the pass catching game uh, to to justify this price here? So we'll group these three together: Jacobs, Henderson, Swift. What do you got on these three? Uh, no, th- no thanks on Josh Jacobs. Doesn't catch a lot of balls. Kenyon Drake's going to cut into his workload. Uh, I will take some shares of DeAndre Swift. I mean, it's a new coaching staff, um, new quarterback as well. But, you know, maybe they finally uh, run the ball a little bit more. You know, the thing with the Lions over the last few years, they just haven't run the ball that much. We like his talent. So as long as he's good to go injury-wise, I like him. And then, yeah, Henderson. I mean, he has the potential to be, you know, a top five, top ten guy, um, RB1 and McVay offense. So um, I think the upside's worth it at least. Yeah, I like swinging the swinging for the fences with Henderson out of this group. Uh, I am out on Jacobs. You know, again, I love the talent, but they just don't utilize him uh, like we thought they would out of Alabama. Now Drake going to steal the pass catching opportunities. How good are they going to be? Uh, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So I'm out on him unless he slides dramatically. Swift is a guy I'm, I'm fading. I, I just I don't think this offense is going to be good at all. So he's going to have to catch 100 balls here and fend off Jamal Williams. Uh, to really make pay even at this price. So, again, love the talent. If the guy's on another team, I'm, if he's on the Chiefs, you know, we're, we're all systems go. But on a bad Lions team, you know, how much work is he going to get? So, Henderson, for me, out of this group, chop. The other two I'm kind of avoiding. Uh, what do you got here? Henderson, Jacobs, and Swift. Hate Josh Jacobs. Ain't playing Josh Jacobs. No Josh Jacobs teams for me. Henderson, I think uh... – he could be very good. It worries me a little bit that they're not going to like fully unleash him and give him all, all the downs, and he could get into a big-time committee. I just think maybe they want to keep him fresh for later on in the year. So that worries me, but, yeah, everything, offensive line's fine. Offensive coordinators and coaches are great. The quarterback is now really good. There's a lot of good things about Henderson. And Swift, I'm actually really liking DeAndre Swift a lot. I think – if he can stay healthy, that's always been his problem, even going back to college. But if he can stay healthy, I think they improved the offensive line enough. This could be a very sneaky team right here that just ground and pound, ground control. They got the, that's the mindset of the coach, ground and pound. So, and I think uh, Swift could be a big uh, benefactor of that. So, uh, beneficiary of that. So, I like DeAndre Swift quite a bit if he can just stay healthy. Yeah, that offensive line should be good. They may be the strength of that team. So we'll, we'll see if they're going to pound it even when they're losing, and then maybe you get some value here. Just a, a lot of concerns uh, for me. So next three, Travis Etienne, the, the round one rookie uh, going to Jacksonville. Miles Sanders here with Philadelphia, and we talked about him earlier. Kareem Hunt, uh, the backup, I guess, to, to Nick Chubb, or the 1B, however you want to phrase it here, Chop. So out of this group, I, I like Etienne. I, I think he's going to get a lot of use in the passing game. Uh, we'll see how good that offense is with Trevor Lawrence, but I think they're going to use this guy a lot. Uh, Sanders, I have some concerns with. Sounds like Boston Scott may be the backup getting some work here. Again, how good is that offense going to be? Jalen Hurts is going to steal opportunities on the ground. And Kareem Hunt's just, just a guy. If he falls far enough, okay, you, you're going to get work out of him, which is great. If something happens to Chubb, we hope that would have been bigger than it was last season, but uh, obviously a better factor there for an injury. So, ETN for me, Hunt is okay. Sanders, I'm pretty much out on chop. Your thoughts on these three? Uh, ETN scares me quite a bit with James Robinson there, who showed he was really good last year. That does scare me. So I'm I'm not as high on ETN as it sounds like you are. 
Kareem Hunt, I'm not high on because I just don't like to, I get it. If Nick Chubb gets hurt and all the other stuff, you, yeah, you got you a, a big time back. But otherwise, you're just dependent on an injury because otherwise he's just a backup running back. I don't want to take backup running backs this high. And then there's Miles Sanders, who polarizing, man. He, he's he got a good offensive line. Uh, but I just think that's going to be a, a poor team this year. And so for those reasons, I probably don't have nearly as much Miles Sanders as the field. All right, Derek, you're our Jacksonville Jags expert. I saw you nodding along with Chop. So are you worried about James Robinson affecting ETN's value? Or are you all systems go there and then add in some Miles Sanders and Kareem Hunt? Where do you come out on those two guys? Uh, in this format with the half PPR, I just think uh, that's a little too high. Uh, I know Urban Meyer and them just kind of inherited James Robinson, not really his guy. Um, I think they're going to use ETN quite a bit, and I think he's going to be awesome. But um, I just think he's going a little too high here. And uh, I'm keeping my expectations low for my Jags. That's, uh, that's how you don't get disappointed. Um, the other guys, yeah, I agree with you guys. You can't really draft based on a potential injury. So uh, Kareem Hunt would be awesome if uh, Chubb went down. And if not, he's probably going to disappoint a little bit. And I uh, agree with everything you guys said on Sanders. All right, next three is interesting here. You got all guys that, that performed last season and have different question marks for different reasons this year. Uh, Mike Davis, now that the starting running back with Atlanta, the, the, the case for him is there's nobody else there. Uh, they brought in Deonta Foreman. We'll see if that means anything, but uh, pretty pretty thin depth chart behind him. Uh, Miles Gaskin, who was the guy with Miami, but we know that there's other guys there they can use, including Malcolm Brown coming over from the Rams. And then the aforementioned, uh, James Robinson was fantastic last year as an undrafted rookie. Probably helped a lot of you guys win you know, best ball drafts if you even drafted him or season-long leads picking him up. So, uh, Derek, these guys all very interesting, all guys that some people love them, some hate them, some trust them, some don't. Uh, make the case for any or none of these guys here as kind of a questionable mid-round picks. Again, uh, Jaguars wait and see approach for me, so uh, probably won't be taking a ton of James Robinson. But uh, like Mike Davis, I'm a sucker for volume at the position. I think he's going to be pretty involved in the passing game. We saw what he can do last year, um, and then uh, the other guy, Miles Gaskin. So the thing with the Dolphins is, you know, we we think of them last year, and they just had so many different guys uh, mixing in. But it was because somebody was always hurt. It seemed like when one of those guys was healthy, they got that running back one type of volume. So I do like Gaskin. Um, I think he could be sneaky this year. I like the Dolphins as a whole, kind of. All right, Chop, we got Mike Davis, we got Miles Gaskin, and we got James Robinson. So you liking any of these guys? You avoiding them? What are you doing with these three? Totally avoiding James Robinson. No no interest there. Like Miles Gaskin, I don't mind the running back one on this offense. I think this offense is going to be pretty good this year. And I love Mike Davis because Atlanta Falcons running backs, when they're actually healthy, can be really, really good. And so uh, I love I love Mike Davis, and I like Miles Gaskin at these draft spots. James Robinson, no interest in at all. All right, we're going to grab some rookies here. We're going to group one uh, teammate in with this. So group of four, we got Trey Sermon with San Francisco. We'll throw Mostert in there as well. They, they kind of get grouped together. Uh, you have Javante Williams in Denver now. Is it, is it Gordon? Is it Williams? Uh, and then you have Michael Carter, who, who came out, was was the RB1, the, the first, first portion of training camp with Tevin Coleman there. Uh, Ty Johnson there. So uh, all very talented backs, Chop. You know these guys very well from the college scene. So these three rookies, Raheem Mostert, uh, interest level here in these guys. Not not very much right now. I know you can take a chance on rookies, and that could be a huge payday in seasonal fantasy. But for me, 
Sermon and most of uh, San Francisco, I just don't ever see them giving a guy, one guy, like a lot of the work, barring injuries, multiple injuries. I think he'll always spread it out. So uh, those guys cancel each other out. Javante Williams is kind of interesting. Michael Carter for the Jets, I think, is going to have a hard time getting all the snaps or getting a lot of the snaps from uh, Coleman. So uh, Javante is the most interesting. But even then, he's got some veterans behind him. So, yeah, these guys just haven't really made the cut for me so far this year. All right. They, I, I don't know if I'm a sucker for rookies, Derek, but I love all three of these guys. San Francisco is one of the easiest schedules this season. Uh, their closing schedule is, is cake in the playoffs. I think it's a matter of time before Sermon is the starting running back. That may happen from day one, uh, which means I'm out on Mostert. Love the talent, love the explosiveness. but uh, And I also like Javante Williams. I think it's only a matter of time before he overcomes uh, Melvin Gordon. And Carter, the concern, I'm with you, Chop. The offense could be bad, le led by Zach Wilson, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's good. They have weapons on the outside at pass catcher. Uh, I like taking swings on all three of these guys, Derek. Where do you come out uh, on these rookies, Sermon, Carter, and Javante Williams? Yeah, always married to, you know, taking rookie running backs. Uh, I don't mind all three of them. Uh, I think Mostert has some value as well, too, especially if he's dropping in drafts. Um, I think the Niners probably going to lead the league in rushing, at least uh, close to it. And uh, we've seen what Mostert can do. I mean, he's a guy that can, you know, maybe a play. So I don't mind all four of these guys, but um, probably not going to have uh, a ton of exposure. And uh, the Zach Wilson quotes, were those real the other day that they're saying he's, uh, he's Sam Darnold 2.0 already? Sounds like there's some unhappy folks uh, in Jetland once again. So, uh, yeah, I believe those are real. I took them as real, so who knows, but uh, not sounding great. So, all right, we're at an hour. We're going to finish here with two teammates here. Just really, really quickly, Derek, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, preference between those two. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen anything from Conner for a while, so give me Edmonds. I like Edmonds as well. I don't mind Connor as a, as a deep uh, kind of later pick. And then the other one, Derek, I'll stay with you. We got to talk Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. Uh, I know Geo's there as well, but a preference between those two. And the answer could be could be neither, and that's kind of where I'm leaning here. But uh, what are you doing with Tampa Bay? Yeah, neither of those guys for me. Uh, I think Geo could be interesting, not as a like season-long guy, but cheap uh, flyer in DFS maybe. And that will put you on the spot here. Anyone else that you want to bring up that we didn't get a chance to talk about? We, we could probably go on for another hour here talking more running backs, but is there anyone else further down the list, a, a guy that maybe you've drafted, keeping an eye on? If you don't have anybody, that's all right, but I want to throw you the floor here one more time. Yeah, I got nothing else for now. All right, Chop, same questions to you. Arizona, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, maybe both, maybe neither preference there. Chase by a wide margin. All right, and then Tampa Bay, same. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, both or neither? Uh, out of the Tampa Bay, I probably the, – the guy I would want to draft the most is probably Gio Bernard, to be honest with you. Yeah, could mm -hmm. be the new James White for Tom Brady. And any other running backs, Chop, that you're liking? I know you're you're, you're digging deeper down your list here. So uh, you got any names for the people? I think – I just – I don't think we mentioned this guy, and I think he could have a good year if things break, way, break, break well for him. Damian Harris. Uh, for New England, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Great offensive line, and uh, if he's going to be the number one guy, I, we've seen New England guys, man, uh, going back to you know some of the bigger guys can rack up touchdowns in his offense. So I like me some Damian Harris. For me, a few guys we didn't mention: AJ Dillon. I, I think is a nice uh, late round pick. Uh, even though I like Aaron Jones, I do think that he's going to have some value. I really like Latavius Murray. I think the Saints are going to be very much run heavy. Uh, so he's going to have an expanded role here. Uh, Jamal Williams uh, in Detroit, I don't like Swift. Part of the reason is 
because I like Williams. Gus Edwards, another pick I like. I'm not high on Dobbins uh, because I like Edwards. And Xavier Jones of the Rams, I think, could be very sneaky here, uh, working alongside Daryl Henderson, maybe a 50-50. Maybe he's not, but I think it's worth a swing for the fences late uh, in your draft with Xavier Jones. So that will wrap us up. We, we talked a lot of running backs here. We had some great uh, interaction with you guys here, mostly talking Derek's hats, but uh, we want to talk more real-life stuff and some of the upcoming shows as well, hats, food, whatever it may be, but wanted to get through a ton of running backs. It's a very important position uh, in fantasy. So, guys, any final thoughts for the people before we get out of here? Chop. No, we're just uh... – no, next time we're on here, it's the countdown timer will really be coming down on us. So uh, we're good, man. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in and, and just keep up the support. That's it. Football is almost here. School is almost here. So win-win on both. Derek, final thoughts for the people here before we get out of here. I promise we'll have some giveaways soon enough. Uh, they will be uh, – we'll, we'll get the contest uh, figured out, the season-long prizes, all that stuff. Uh, there's some potential koozie talk uh, in the mix as well. Yep, working hard with the fine folks over at FanDuel. So we will have something for you hopefully sooner rather than later uh, as far as contest giveaways. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as Chop said, thank you for listening. Thank you to the folks over at FanDuel for sponsoring the program here. And we are the DFS OGs. We'll talk to you next week. For Chop, for Notorious, I am Beer St. Salu. Thank you for listening. We're out.